Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. truck rams down the barricade that was a fun part of that oh that is the video of the year folks it's the feel-good movie of the summer environmental wackadoo protesters backing up traffic for miles and miles and the tribal rangers ain't having it outside of burning man you can't arrest us and make us do things we're environmental protesters we're (laughs) non-violent Uh, so I assume they asked them to leave multiple times. Oh, multiple times. They said, look, 30 seconds. We're giving you 30 seconds or you will be arrested and we're going to remove your barricade. And of course they went to the cops. No, you can't do that. You can't. And the cops said, all right, we're through here. Yeah. Smash Kerblewy. Yeah. I get, I get nonviolent protesting and all that sort of stuff and the role it's played in our history. But, uh, you know, you can't close down roads. Well, and I love the the feel that these brave revolutionaries have of, look at me, I'm brave, I'm going to stop traffic, I'm going to inconvenience thousands of people, I'm going to defy law enforcement. And then when law enforcement said, all right, that's it, they're like, oh, how can you, how dare you, oh, Lord, we're environmental protesters. Oh, yeah. We're not oh, Yeah, we saw your sign. We get it. <laughs> we know what you are. So according to the New York Post, 
Those aren't your ordinary anti-capitalist climate crusaders. Extinction Rebellion, the radical environmentalists who did what we were talking about, are funded by some of the biggest names in Hollywood, along with an heir to the Getty fortune, not my fortune, and outdoor retailer Patagonia. These are the folks who have largely stuck to disruptions in Europe, but they've superglued themselves to the Speaker's chair in the British Parliament, blockaded busy roads, often by affixing uh, to each other in the asphalt. I say leave them there. That's the Joe Getty policy. You glued yourself to the floor of a basketball arena. You're going to stay there till you figure out how to get off or how to detach yourself. So we're going to dribble the ball off your head. You might get stepped on. The players are going to trip over you. I didn't glue you to the floor. You did take responsibility for what you've done. Meanwhile, good luck when Nicolo, Nikola Djokovic, or whatever his name is, steps on you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they wanted Burning Man leadership. They want Burning Man leadership to ban private jets as well as single-use plastics and unnecessary propane burning. Oh, my God. Jeez. We're environmental protesters. Yeah, we know, and we're arresting you. Would you quit whining like a child? Jiminy, how do these people not think... All right, well, I took the risk. Here it is. These are the inevitable repercussions of the decisions I've made. I will take it with dignity and, and grace. No, you, you whine and cry like a spoiled freaking child. We're environmental protesters. <laughs> you would think there'd be a... Yeah, you would think you'd go into it with, we can shut down this road for a time, but obviously they aren't going to let us just shut down a road indefinitely. At some point, they're going to move us. You know. Right. Right. And hey, we're going to get arrested. So everybody make sure uh, we've got our lawyers ready. Here are the numbers. Have that in your phone, blah, blah, blah. Um, no, you cry like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. They've removed our barricade. They're arresting us. and They're letting the traffic through. How can this be? I was trying to find the story I came across this morning because I live in a town where they don't allow straws, plastic straws, because of that third grade kid who wrote a paper. <laughs> <laughs> about the turtles. <laughs> about the turtles. So we don't have uh, plastic straws. But anyway, there's an article out today about how the paper straws might actually be worse for the environment than the plastic straws. And it goes through the reasons, just like the old paper bags turn out to be worse for the environment than plastic bags and cloth bags turn out to be worse than both of those. Yeah, the, the straw thing has to do with the chemicals that are used to make them. And with the, the paper straws, which disintegrate the second they're used, yeah. you're sucking in lots of those chemicals as they degrade. Wow. So just that, Well, that the whining chick is the sort who, who gets this stuff passed. We're environmental protesters. Oh, I bet you're fun. <laughs> I'm telling you, it is the feel-good video of the summer. It's at armstrongandgetty.com, the moment when the, the, the tribal ranger's pickup truck smashes through their barricade, and oh, it's just good stuff, very satisfying. Uh, so on a completely different topic, uh, a couple of uh, politics notes, kind of in, in general, um, a piece in the Washington Times, Jeff Mordock, a well-reported, well-researched, they think Joe Biden is suffering from something called confabulation, a neurological disorder to linked to dementia. Says a psychiatrist is closely associated with dementia-related memory loss. You're trying to tell a story, but your brain can't fill the space. So your brain protects you by making stuff up. Ah, he said that's he's, frightening. 
Yeah, it is. It really is. And they go into the speech this month in Milwaukee where Biden entertained the audience with previously debunked tales about his grandfather's death, conversation with an Amtrak conductor, his father's education, an eyewitness account of a bridge collapse in Pittsburgh, the two men kissing in 1960s Delaware, uh, repeating the Amtrak story. And then in Hawaii last week, he told survivors this was one of the most tasteless and inappropriate moments in presidential history saying, I know something about loss too. We I almost lost my wife and my <laughs> 67 Corvette and my cat in a fire, but no, anyway, that's enough kidding around. Jeez Louise. Uh, anyway, it was a small kitchen fire that was under control in roughly 20 minutes, according to the Associated Press at the time, because he was a prominent U S Senator. It was a fire, very minor incident. Um, that was and, a and, weird, weird thing he did there. And, uh, man, they're really letting him slide on that. The media, I mean. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what? And uh, he's not running, by the way. Um, uh, let's see. I just sent this to myself. Where is it? Come on. Come on. Uh, there it is. Uh, at the press briefing yesterday, little KJP was grilled by uh, the guy from, I think it's the AP. Um, in the wake of the AP Nork poll that found that 77% of Americans say Biden is too old for a second term, 77%. KJP fielded questions from AP reporter Chris Majerian, who asked about the, the poll, um, and he, asked, uh, he referenced the poll and asked if the White House has additional plans to demonstrate, that's quote, that Biden can continue to do the job at his advanced age in a squash of voter concerns. That's an interesting question. What, what would you do if your job was to demonstrate with like a series of magic tricks or running a sprint or something? And then KJP goes into the, well, look at everything he's accomplished. This is a president who's had a historic administration and in many ways he's doing things to change how american families move forward blah 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 word salad who ordered the word salad um and then uh but he the ap guy followed up and he said um he asked if there was any chance that he, the president would come out and 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 talk to reporters about his age and his health and his mental state ah that is the most obvious thing you would do if 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 it weren't true, you would come out and take questions, uh, handling you know uh, facts and understanding of complex topics, and, right. and walk away. And everybody say, "Oh, I guess he's all right." The way Mitch McConnell did, you know, he locked up for a long time, which was weird. And I think he's probably too old to do his job, also. But then he came back out and answered a whole bunch of questions, and it sounded fine. Yeah, yeah. So uh, KJP answered that request. Well, yeah, I could picture even like two, three, four pool reporters sitting in the Oval Office. All right, I understand there's a little concern about my age and everything. Let's talk. Who wants to wrestle? Um, uh, but uh, she said, I appreciate the request. Thank you for the request. The president, as you know, uh, you know, again, I appreciate the question and I get it. The president understands. You guys want to ask him questions and have the opportunity for him to answer your questions. Like every other president. <laughs> That that was the entire response. Wow, that's hilarious. I appreciate well, the request. Thank you for the request. Well, in her def- I'm going to defend both her and the president here, best I can. Like, if, if I was forced to, this is what I'd say. To defend her, I would say, what else is she supposed to say? She's the spokesman for a guy whose mind is gone. I mean, oh, yeah. what is she going to do? Say, yeah, you're right. He probably shouldn't be president. Other than that, what is she going to do? 
I appreciate the request, but we can't have the president speak directly about you uh, or with you about his age and health because he's far too old and incoherent. <laughs> are, there any, are there any other questions? And if I had this, if I was going to stand up for him, I would point out that to my shock, several big tests where I thought, here's where we, where's your debates and the State of the Union address, somehow he got his act together and pulled it off. They give him a mega dose of whatever that medicine. They give him a big fat shot in the ass. And is there a health reason you can't do that more often? Yeah, I'm sure there is. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but otherwise, every uh, Alzheimer's patient in the world, every dementia patient in the world, get jammed full of it all the time. I get it. Just he he is he has performed well on the biggest stages when I thought he wouldn't, and although the Maui thing was a pretty big stage and he did not perform well. No, it was miserably bad. So a recent uh, poll, who did this poll? I can't remember. It might have been the AP thing, yeah. Uh, said, all right, here are a bunch of words. What's your favorite to describe the candidates? Um, 26% used words like old or outdated to describe Biden. Another outdated. 15% went with slow and confused. Um, the characterizations of Trump were not terribly uh, kind either. 15% selected corrupt or crooked along with bad and other generally negative comments you may go with orange a liar dishonest etc so spicy times when does the moment happen well i've been thinking it's going to happen for what three years now and it hasn't yet when will those that control the flow of information admit the moment has happened. Well, the moment I'm talking about, I guess, would be the moment that it's a, it's it's a, it's a major situation where everybody's watching. So it's not whether you covered or not. Enough people saw it, mm-hmm. like a debate or something like that. State of the news, and a moment they just there's no ignoring. <laughs> it's so overwhelming. Yeah. Even the resistance and the progressive media will have to go. Yeah, in. yeah. it's gonna happen. Yeah, I think so. Physically or mentally, I don't know. Physically, I, I, the dinging him for the physical stuff, I don't I don't quite get. The president doesn't need to be able to walk up steep stairs. No, he's unfit to be president, though. Clearly, mentally, yeah. Uh, more on the way. Our text line is uh, what is it? I want to talk. I had something I want to talk about. I was really excited about. I don't remember what it was. Did they actually weld the gate open on the border? Where one of the border fence things is. Did you see that story? I don't know that story. Uh, that, among other things. But our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including... Actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, 
or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The city of Chicago is the latest to place blame squarely on car makers for a rise in auto thefts. Mayor Brandon Johnson says the city is suing Kia and Hyundai, alleging that a steep rise in crime is due to both companies failing to include vital anti-theft technology in several of their models sold between 2011 and 2022. That lawsuit comes as thefts of Kia and Hyundai cars make up about half of all Chicago car thefts so far this year. Officials say social media videos have exposed the defect. Critics, however, say crime has been on the rise in Chicago, no matter the type of car. Welcome to Joe Getty's How Blanking Stupid Is That Theater. Hey, Joe, you see that car? The Rolls Royce? It's running. You could steal it easily. Um, I'm not a thief. Thank you. Thank you. That's the entire show. He's blaming car theft on the cars. Good Lord. Yeah, that is something. We're at peak stupid. Peak dishonest. Wow. I mean, if 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 lots of cars are being stolen because they were unlocked with the keys in the cup holder, you might want to put out PSAs saying, don't leave your keys in the cup holder and the car unlocked. But it's not the fault of the person who owns the car or the car itself. Can you imagine if a, a, a wonderful American community like, a community like so many others, the people didn't bother locking their doors, there's a string of burglaries. And you didn't say, oh my gosh, crime has come to our town. Bad people doing bad things are among us. You'd say, eh, you got to blame the, uh, the doors. <laughs> We're at peak stupid. That is absolutely amazing. Let's go, Brandon Johnson. Couple other nuggets from the news. 40% of gamblers have never been in an actual casino. I just thought that was an interesting stat. Given the rise of online gambling. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure at some point it'll be most gamblers have never been in a casino. Unless you wanted to go see Britney Spears sing or something like that, you you didn't go to the casino because there's other ways to do it. And Major League Sports have gone from staying a million miles away from gambling to now they flog you and beg you and control you to 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 bet constantly during games. And Vegas has major sports teams. Mm-hmm. 
Different story. Oregon voters want to repeal their drug decriminalization, according to the latest poll. So in 2020, just a couple of years ago, they passed ballot uh, measure 110, which, as we've talked about many times, downgraded the penalty for use of hard drugs to nothing, really, to a small fine. And there's been an explosion in fentanyl-related fatalities and meth use and heroin use. And the people of the state, and particularly the city of Portland, have noticed this has made our lives much worse. Well, now 56% of respondents would choose to repeal that if they had the chance. Wow. Okay. Just read how uh, New York is being plagued now. The drug dealers are sticking that trank into the drugs to get the people oh. even more hooked, and their flesh is rotting, and they're dying, and just, oh, and terribly, terribly addicted. I feel bad for you if you live in Oregon, but at least you did the experiment for the rest of the country on what happens when you decriminalize hard drugs. I just think there are a lot of people on the left who think, well, if people get addicted, we'll just get them uh, addiction uh, care. We'll get them help, and they won't be addicted anymore. You know, it's like giving up uh, donuts for Lent or something. They don't understand. You need to know more meth addicts. That's not usually the way the things play out. Oof. If you miss an hour of this show or even a segment, you can catch it in podcast form. Subscribe to Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Can Vivek Ramaswamy continue to take both sides of every topic? He got beat up pretty good by Sean Hannity last night on Fox. And they weren't real kind to him on Fox and Friends this morning as I was watching. Maybe we'll talk about that more later. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll leave that to the rest unsaid. But yeah, um, I tell you what, it's it's really it's become a it's one of the greatest hits of San Francisco. The news crew being robbed while they're reporting on crime. Right. Chicago says, "Yeah, hold my old style beer in a squatty brown bottle." Uh, that's a little Midwestern reference for you folks. Uh, Chicago TV news crew robbed at gunpoint while reporting unarmed robberies. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah, it's just too much. It's now, the, that is that ironic? Yes. That's ironic. That is ironic. Yes. It's like rain on your wedding day. Uh, three men wearing ski masks exited two cars, approached the, the reporting crew displaying firearms, demanded money from the two men who went, then went through the rescue V and stole a camera, two bags containing equipment, a backpack belonging to the photographer, et cetera, et cetera. String of armed, they were reporting on a string of armed robberies across the city. It's not funny. You understand why but I'm that, chuckling. But, but we laughed. So it must be, it's kind of by definition funny. And Mayor Brandon Johnson just announced that they were suing car makers for all the car thefts in Chicago. I remember, perhaps you remember, when on election, well, the day after election night in Chicago, I announced Chicago has decided to double down, go even further down the road of their progressive experiment. This is going to be a disaster. So far, so disastrous. We did a whole podcast on what's ironic and what's not. We used the Alanis Morissette famous hit song, Isn't It Ironic, and went through point by point, is it ironic or not? Mm-hmm. If you don't listen to our One More Thing podcast, you should. It's entertaining. It's uh, loose. It's fun. Often it has swears. So <laughs> if that sort of thing attracts you, number one, grow up. Number two, you might enjoy it. Armstrong and Getty, One More Thing. Rain on your wedding day is just a drag. Yeah, although it's, it's, ironic. A, it's a, it's a what, omen of fertility, they say. Okay. A, uh, a, a really interesting extended piece in the Wall Street Journal came out a while ago, uh, several days ago, about how tribalism took over our politics. And we've touched on it a bit over the last several days, but there are a series of charts which I will have to interpret for you because this is a uh, verbal medium, an audio <laughs> medium. And indeed, charts are uh, useless. But it has to do with the divisions and the way they've grown politically in America. And I think they're very, very interesting. The share of Americans who identify as conservative or liberal in 1975 was almost exactly the same. It was about 28%. Hmm. Um, And then it separated, came together, separated, came together. Um, Then it came pretty close again, but now it's heading in in opposite directions. and both have risen a little bit through the years. Um, so it's, it's, that's fine. But uh, the share of Americans who view themselves, they mention it's changed little over the past five decades. The share of Americans who identify conservative by party affiliation, though, you remember Blue Dog Democrats and Farm Democrats and stuff like that? Those were pretty conservative people. Well, among, among Republicans, about 74%. Uh, identify themselves as conservative. Among Democrats, it's about 13%. And back in the day, the separation was, and I wish they had more numbers on this damn chart, uh, but it looks to be about, it was 38 to 24, about a 14-point spread. Now it is, what did I say, 74 to 13. 
Mm. We'll say 74 to 14 just to make the math easier. It's a 60-point spread from 14. In recent years, conservatives have become far more likely to consider themselves Republicans. Conservative Democrats have all but disappeared. The nation's liberals, meanwhile, meanwhile, now heavily identify as Democrats. Very, very few as Republicans. The the gap is very similar to the one we previously discussed. Uh, Both groups are seeing religiosity decline. This has been pretty well documented. White Americans without a four-year college degree used to be Democrat by about a four-point gap. But then it's switched back and forth and kind of gone intersecting lines. But at this point, it's about 44% of those folks consider themselves Republican and about 27% Democrat. Hmm. So it's it's a, it's a striking change. A uh, person's level of education increasingly aligns with his or her political party. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? Uh, well, that's that's enough. Um, and and the argument that I think you hear f- pretty frequently, um, I, I will preach to my dying day that the Democratic Party liberalism in general has swung way left, way left. And they would respond, well, Republicans have swung way right. And I beg them, please, other than a certain brashness about certain uh, issues from the Trump crowd, the Republican Party now is largely accepting of gay marriage. I think a lot of Republicans are quite moderate on abortion. Republicans spend money like lunatics when they're in power in Washington, D.C. Explain to me where the, the Republican Party has swung right. And if I have to concede a point or two, I'm delighted to do so. I just, I can't think of anything, really. Energy policy? Pretty consistent, I got right? no example. Yeah, I'm thinking. Anyway, so uh, that's the kind of the stalemate. Well, Democrats may be a little left, but Republicans have gone right. Which brings us to this uh, piece by Victor Davis Hanson I came across, the great sage of Fresno, California, um, and and his premise is the coup we never knew, or is his subhead? Did someone or something seize control of the United States? What happened to the U.S. border? Where did it go? Who erased it? Why and how did five million people enter our country illegally? Did Congress secretly repeal our immigration laws? Did President Biden issue an executive order allowing foreign nationals to walk across the border and reside in the United States as they pleased? Okay, that's one thing. Since when did money not have to be paid back? Who insisted that the more dollars the federal government printed, the more prosperity would follow? When did America embrace zero interest? Why do we believe $30 trillion in debt is no big deal? These are excellent questions. Well, yeah, when was the big question? When was the vote? When was the great coming together? When was the debate on all this stuff? When did clean burning, cheap and abundant natural gas become the equivalent to dirty coal? How did prized natural gas that had granted America's wishes of energy self-sufficiency, reduced pollution, and inexpensive electricity become almost overnight a pariah fuel whose extraction was a war against nature? Which lawmakers, which laws, which votes of the people declared natural gas development and pipelines near criminal? Good question. Was it not against federal law to swarm the homes of Supreme Court justices to picket and intimidate their households in in efforts to affect their rulings? He talks about the impunity of bullies surrounding the homes of Kavanaugh, Alito, Barrett, Gorsuch, Brown, Clarence Thomas. 
How could these mobs so easily throng our justices' homes with placards uh, declaring off with their genitals? Yeah. He's not done. Since when did Americans create a government ministry of truth? And on whose orders did the FBI contact private news organizations to censor stories it did not like and writers whom it feared? How did we wake up one morning to new customs of impeaching a president over a phone call? Uh, of the Speaker of the House tearing up the State of the Union address on national television, a barring congressional committee members from serving on their assigned congressional committees. When did we assume the FBI had the right to subvert the campaign of a candidate it disliked? Was it legal suddenly for one presidential candidate to hire a foreign ex-spy to subvert the campaign of her rival? Was some state or federal law passed that allowed biological males to compete in female sports? Did Congress enact such a law? Did the Supreme Court guarantee that biological male students could shower in gym lockers with biological women? Were women ever asked to redefine the very sports they had championed? And he goes into the pandemic shutdowns, loan payment suspensions, illegal for mom and pop stores to sell flowers or shoes during a quarantine, but not Walmart or Target. The great expansion of election day. And his question is, when did we decide this? It just has been decided upon us. And every single one of those examples is the left doing it to the country. Give me the analogous examples on the right, please. I'm delighted to hear them. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. I will look for them. I will seek them out. I will read them on the air. If that's the way all those things occurred, and I think you're right, why, why was the right not better at pushing back at it, stopping it, alerting people to what was going on? Well, d- d- doing it is you know pretty obvious. That's the nature of being a conservative. You don't want to rip up what's done and done successfully in the name of your pipe dreams. That would be hypocritical. Uh, in terms of not being better at uh, communicating what's happening, I think part of it is that much of the Republican, the modern Republican Party is not conservative and is entirely about itself and its own wealth and aggrandizement. I mean, politicians have always been phony. I'm not that naive. I just don't think they care much anymore. There's more money and and power in pandering than in discipline. Coastal cowgirl. I was just watching Good Morning America during the break. That's the hot new look for women. It sounds kind of sexy. It is. Coastal cowgirl. Yeah. Chaps. One of the cowboy it, hat. One of the reasons it caught my attention is I had noticed way more women wearing cowboy boots, like with skirts or shorts lately. Mm. And I'm a cowboy boots guy, so I noticed that sort of thing. And I just saw it on Good Morning America. Coastal Cowgirl's the thing. It's having it's having its moment. So that's that's the look right now. Which wow. I yeah. Which I find alluring, so I hope it sticks around for a while. Super, super. And what about easy, the dudes? What easy, am I supposed to dress as? Easier, I, I need to know. I need somebody to tell me. It's easier for you to bring in the cattle from the back forty also if you're dressed that way already. <laughs> if you're wearing some sort of fancy you footwear. Slop your hogs. <laughs> exactly. The hogs need slopped. Not uh, going to slop themselves, Betty Lou. Get out there. They're not going to slop themselves, Betty Lou. Yeah. I might be yelling that at some point in my life. You don't know. The um, idea of the hot fashion. <laughs> it's so amusing to me. <laughs> 
doesn't that doesn't really reach into your world? The trend among men's shorts is shorter and shorter. It's back oh, to yeah. John that's, Stockton that's... in the uh, the Utah Jazz and the uh, the Dolphin shorts. Uh, show of hands, who wants to see my thighs? Nobody. <laughs> no, I don't want to see my thighs. Jack, well, well, I don't wear shorts. I'm a grown up, but well, wow. <laughs> Wow. Um, so, no, I reject it. I will have my shorts custom made if it's necessary. I will not bare my thighs to the world because the giant fashion houses need to sell me more stuff, and I already have plenty of shorts. Yeah, I do notice living in a college town, guys wear shorts like it's ni- the 1980s. Yeah. Go ahead. Be manipulated, puppets. <laughs> w- weren't you manipulated from shorter shorts into longer shorts? What's that now? <laughs> All right, we got more of the way. I Stay got with hairy us. legs. Yeah, I see that. Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including... Actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You said aid to Israel, our number one ally, only democracy in the region should end in 2028, uh, and that they should be integrated with their neighbors. I have an exact quote. You want me to read it? That's actually, yeah, I can tell you the exact quote. What I said is it would be a mark of success if we ever got to a point in our relationship with Israel, if Israel never needed the United States' aid. And, Sean, you know how politics is played. A lot of the other professional politicians who have been threatened by my rise have used that statement to say that I would cut off aid to Israel. That's not correct. Yeah, they played that clip on Fox and Friends this morning and said, but that's what you just said. (laughs) 
that you were cutting off aid to Israel. And then they went to the topic of Taiwan, in which he said, "We're not gonna, we're not gonna fight for Taiwan. Let them go." And then he said about the computer chips, and then he changed it to, "As soon as we start manufacturing chips in this country, then we'll not support Taiwan, and China can have them." But so, uh, I mean, Fox was beating up Ramaswamy pretty good. I'm just pointing that out. And then his stuff on Trump and his book that uh, he people hoped uh, Trump would be the the leader, but all he brought us was whining and victim culture and and I can't remember. I wish I had the quote in front of me, but it's it was scathing. And now he's the world's biggest Trump loyalist. Right. It's interesting. Somebody had this mocking Vivek conversation. We should blow up the moon. One week later, interviewer, so you would blow up the moon? I never said that. Here's a recording. The corporate press is always taking people out of context. What I did see is the moon roll plays an essential role. <laughs> anyway, I, I thought this was interesting, some punditry around the debate that I think was absolutely right. Everybody's way too online, including me, uh, and, and misled by Twitter and, and stuff you see online that's just not the real world. And the candidates on stage, one of the reasons Vivek Ramaswamy, Vivek Ramaswamy got so much attention was he got to talk so much. And the reason he got to talk so much is the candidates kept attacking him. And the reason the candidates kept attacking him, because if you mention somebody's name, they get to speak, is because their own online minds were following the pundit class that said he's the hot and up and coming thing, even though there wasn't polling to show that. The polling didn't really show he was hot and up and coming. Just the pundit said he was the flavor of the week for whatever reason. Like he's well, he'd really gone the from hot like two thing. to seven percent, right? Yeah, so, look, yeah, it's a yes. rise. Yeah, I don't know that I would have uh, changed my strategy in the uh, um, uh, debate over that. But, um, but, but, well, that's an excellent point. But, but, so people are so on the candidates are so online they just or or into the what the media thinks. So the media built him up right before them. So that's how that all happened. I don't know if it's going to last or not. I don't even really care. I can't even make myself care. I find it difficult to make myself care at this point. I will tell you this. Trump is going to be the nominee, so maybe that's the reason I don't care. Nor is he. Stay tuned. Yes, he is. Or is he? A couple of interesting things have happened re-Ukraine. I don't know if you've been following this. Ukrainian officials said yesterday that the country's forces have retaken, I'm not going to try to pronounce the name of the village, in... uh, in one region of the country, and are making progress on Kiev's plan to, and Mike Lines talked about this a lot, they're making progress on their plan to reach the Sea of Azov and split the Russian forces in two in the south. And Ukraine is hoping the, 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 the slow progress of the counteroffensive will begin to pick up speed as the troops are puncturing Russian positions. So there was some good movement there yesterday. It's a back and forth. We'll see. Meanwhile, President Zelensky proposed a plan to start treating graft and corruption as high treason during wartime, which would be very, very highly punished. Oh, yeah. Um, and they got a lot of corruption problems in that country, um, and he's wanting to make it some sort of extra awful crime because they're at war. I like the well, sound and profiteering of from war is as old as war. And then this, which I find really interesting, The Atlantic has a piece today. The Atlantic, which, if you don't know that magazine, really leans left. Hunter Biden's foreign business dealings may or may not run afoul of the law, but that's no defense of their corrupt nature, argues Sarah Chase in a long piece, because they're all long, in The Atlantic. There's, and she writes, 
There's absolutely no evidence that Joe Biden as vice president changed any aspect of U.S. foreign policy to benefit Burisma. But Hunter Biden's position on that board of directors served to undermine the very U.S. anti-corruption policy his father was promoting. She argues that the sort of influence signaling described by Hunter's business partner, Devin Archer, is common in developing countries plagued by political corruption. Biden was supposed to be different, she writes. Yet his unconditional public support for everything his son has done serves to sanitize and reinforce a business model that provides image laundering services for foreign kleptocrats and monetizes access to power or the appearance of such access. For a president and a political party whose brand stresses integrity, I wouldn't say that, but she did. That's a self-inflicted wound. And I wish we had more time for this, but we'll get to it tomorrow. More Freedom of Information Act documents have been released. Nobody can find anything in official documentation that says that aid to Ukraine was conditional on the firing of the prosecutor. Shokin or Shokin. Was Biden just going off on his own with that? Wow. That's the question. That would be something. We do four hours. If you miss an hour, get the podcast. Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.